0: Hello and welcome to the My Possible Self podcast. I'm Gabby and boy, do we have a fantastic episode for you today. Mindfulness is the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing and not overly react or get overwhelmed by what's going on around us. Mindfulness originated from ancient Eastern and Buddhist philosophy it's a quality that every human being already possesses it's not something you have to conjure up you just have to learn how to access it and best of all it's completely free today you're going to meet the two guys behind one of my favorite podcasts men talking mindfulness John McCaskill is a retired Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher and Will Schneider is a yoga and meditation teacher. Together they discuss how to live more mindfully, unpacking how men are expected to live in society and how mindfulness can help with the challenges this possesses. John and Will come from two very different backgrounds on paper, so you might think they wouldn't have that much in common to talk about but their individual life experiences, coupled with their great chemistry as hosts and passion for the subject, makes for one fascinating and enlightening listen. I could go on, but I think you should hear for yourselves. I am psyched we get to explore this together. Let's meet the men who talk mindfulness. Welcome, welcome, John McCaskill and Will Schneider a.k.a. Men Talking Mindfulness. So thrilled to have you on the My Possible Self podcast.
1: Happy to be here. Thanks, Gabby. Yeah, same. Thank you, Gabby.
0: I am a fan. I, I listen to the show. I think it's great. Um, first and foremost, it's not just for guys, right? I mean, I'm sure you've got plenty of female listeners.
2: Yeah, we do. I mean, we, we hear a lot from, uh, you know, from, well, from men and women, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, Gabby, let me ask you, so having listened to our show, what are some of the things you're learning, you know, about mindfulness?
0: Oh, oh, you're putting me on the spot I'm now. putting you right
2: on the spot. We're going to go right there. <laughs> Who's interviewing who?
0: I know. <laughs> well, do you know what a key takeaway has been for me, just listening to both of you chat, and you're such, you know, I, I've spent many years as a radio DJ, so presenting is my world, and you're just such great presenters. Wow. And I think you have the rapport between each other, you know, it's like... Um, Paul McCartney and John Lennon <laughs>
1: oh wow <laughs> you know? um, right
0: yeah but uh, but also you let the guests talk and, and share stories but in terms of like the overarching you know the overarching theme of, of your podcast being about men talking mindfulness I think it doesn't take long when you listen for all the kind of connotations with the macho man to be completely shattered and actually I was saying this to my friend who, who I'm staying with right now I was like it's actually kind of more manly that these guys are so in touch with mindfulness and and being so open and and vulnerable and and i'm sure that i'm not alone in in thinking that i was like there's something so much more kind of yeah manly or attractive in just in guys that are so comfortable in themselves that they can talk about this stuff without thinking i'm going to come across as weak or girly or right you know we we found
1: that You know a lot of the time it's fear that keeps people from being open and vulnerable and it's it's not their strength it is truly a fear of theirs to come across Mm -hmm. and share what they're experiencing share what they're struggling with share what they're feeling as far as emotions and i think that yeah there's honestly there's nothing more human than being open and honest about what it is you're experiencing in the moment whether that's manly, whether that's uh, feminine, whether that's somewhere in between, it yeah. really doesn't matter to me. It just ma- it's it's human being, and that's what's important, I think.
0: Yeah, I want to know who was the person that said men are the fixers and women are the talkers? Because why can not both not be both? You know,
2: I, I agree, right. and I, I think right. it's like you know one thing. Yeah, it's easy to sell to people. What we're also learning, John and I, is to sell to people when you divide them. You know, it's just like, oh, well, men can only do this. Mm. Women can only do this, right? So therefore, we drive and market and speak to and message about men in this certain way and then women in this certain way where you're absolutely right, Gabby. Like, we can all be fixers. We can all be providers. We can all, like, you know, um, create the lives that we want regardless of our gender, our sexes, our, you know, our preferences of things because mm. we're all human beings and we all have, like, um, the same core um you know, wants, you know, of, um, of love, connection and belonging. Like that's mm-hmm. just how we are as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have you know, a, 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 an entire spectrum of emotions that, um, that John and I continually talk about the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, men are usually confined in only being the, you know, the aggressor, the protector, or, you know, we're, um, kind of, uh, uh, rewarded with our, you know, by being angry and being dominant and, and showing aggression and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of us are raised that way. And we think that's the only way that you can be a man. And, you know, I was reading through the materials that you, you know, uh, you know, asked us to prepare for to it today. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, the pressure, you know, the pressure being the perfect man. Um, and the other one was, you know, men and, um, and uh, the health, you know, mental health checklist. And, you know, what I exactly what you brought up right away, It was just things I started to write down. It's like vulnerability is seen as weakness. And you mentioned right at the top, it's like Mm -hmm. there's something about, there's a lot of power in being vulnerable. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. power in uh, being your authentic self. And, but it's not necessarily easy to find the right tribe that allows you to express that self. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's a part of what John and I are trying to create here is a community that, you know, men can be who they are, be where they are, be, you know, come from. You know that place of like, oh, vulnerability is weakness, and realize it, seeing it as superpower. Yeah, and if
0: if you want a more specific example, the episode that I still talk about to other people, and I'm like, you need to check out this episode of your podcast, is the one with the double amputee who um, who found yoga, Dan, Dan, yeah. I mean I I still to this day I have no idea where I walked because I was out for a walk and I was like oh new new pod like new episode I'm going to check that out I mean you just let him have the space and his story was just I don't know if I brothe, (laughs) brothe. I just literally was like so (laughs) captivated. I was like, I kind of came to at the end of the episode, and I was like, I have no idea where I've just been for the past however long it was walking, because I was just so in the story. And what a guy!
2: Here, here's like that story. I mean, he he lost both of his legs. You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, just imagine like what he talk about being vulnerable and uh, and needing help. Right. And also the mental challenges that come along with that and how it took years. I mean, it took like eight years for him to kind of begin to to see, you know, more of the Dan Evans that he is today. Um, But I mean, imagine, you know, and then doing and practicing yoga and then teaching yoga. I mean, like you can really do anything if you it's it's here. It's in the mind, Mm. you know, and it takes practice in order to hack into the mind, look at ourselves, you know, in a very authentic way. For what's working and what's not working and then start to make those changes and that's you know what mindfulness really is all about is that awareness and then taking that self re- and then self-reflecting and then you know blazing mm-hmm. the trail and see where mm-hmm. you need to where you want to be who you want to be where you want to go how you mm-hmm. want to help people really is like is is such a a huge gift um as far as like to you want to be manly go help people you know be a servant leader you know really yeah. i mean r- really that's what it is instead of being this selfish like oh You know, the world's not meeting my needs. Right. It's just like, what can I do? How can I help?
0: Yeah. Wow. We've really dove right in. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right now, a lot of our listeners do come from the UK and so might not necessarily have come across you guys. But in, in the UK, it's kind of Men's Health Month. And I think that's sort of now inclusive of men's mental health because it's we're talking about it a lot more so it just seemed like the right time to to reach out to you guys and and to make this episode but yeah before we get into your podcast and mindfulness I thought it would be helpful to our listeners to kind of understand a little bit about your backgrounds and it's kind of the (laughs) yin and the yang right
2: (laughs) yeah true very
0: true so I mean, I'm going to do it in the order of the pod. Which, starting with you, John, you're a mindfulness teacher, South African-born, U.S. raised, retired Navy SEAL.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And is it true that you have to be male to be a SEAL? Like females it, aren't allowed to?
1: It um it was, and it it still is true in that we only have male SEALs. But we have opened up the uh, the opportunity to join the training and. If if, uh, if and when mm-hmm. there's a woman that is successful in getting through the training, we will have female Navy SEALs. But historically, it's been uh, exclusive to the men uh, and has and just recently changed to open that up to, to women right. as well.
0: Wikipedia needs updating then. Um.
1: <laughs> I'll go in there and see what I can do.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks. Well, we definitely could do a completely different episode on military and mental health sure but like looking at back at your days in the arms armed forces especially in in your specific area like you know we we all know you have to be in top physical condition to be able to serve but like what about in terms of like mental like endurance
1: sure yeah i mean it to, to get into the military, you have, you have certain things that you have to, uh, some checks and balances that you go through, right? Uh, making sure that you are of good or at least some sound mental health, uh, mm-hmm. some sound physical health, some sound physical fitness, and then to get into the various uh, kind of the upper echelons or more um, specialized divisions, departments, branches of the military then you have to try out for a lot of those and mm-hmm. um to to get into the navy seal training we had to take a psychological test to get to the training mm-hmm. and once we got to the training we took another psychological test i mean i remember laughing at the test and being like this is a joke i don't know why they're doing this because of where i was mentally myself because that right. one i was uh, you know I don't know, 24 years old, so a lot more immature, had a lot more uh, testosterone <laughs> pumping through my veins, and a lot more beating of my chest, mm-hmm. false bravado. Mm-hmm. You know? um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then uh, and then I, you know, got into the SEAL teams later and, and realized the importance of that that psychological health and uh, analyzing and understanding where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. It's it's critically important, and not only understanding and knowing where they're coming from, but understanding and knowing what people need. Um, so, you know, where, where they are, so you can give them what they need. So if they're, if they're struggling mentally, then you can introduce them to a counselor. If you're, if they're struggling in a different way you can, you can introduce them to a psychiatrist. If they're struggling in another mental way, then you may be able to just introduce them to a support group. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's critically important. Mental health Mm -hmm. in the, in the military is, is of utmost importance and it's being, destigmatized as Mm. as we speak Uh, back Mm. in, you know, my again, my younger days in the military, there was this idea that if you went and sought any type of mental health support that you would lose your security clearance or that you would lose Mm. the ability to carry a weapon, a firearm. Um, So and those those Mm. stories and myths are being dispelled and people are if they're volunteering to go seek mental health support themselves, they're getting that support. Now, if, if somebody does something that's just out of the ordinary so far where they may take, try to take their own life or try to take somebody else's life, then they're going to lose their ability to carry a weapon. They're going to lose their, their security clearance but because mm-hmm. that's, that's where they're at. But ideally, someone recognizes somebody else needs that support or they recognize it in themselves and that stigma is being changed.
0: And do, do you believe that there are enough strategies in place to take care of somebody if they're struggling to, or to allow them that space to speak up? I,
1: I don't know that there can ever be enough, right. honestly. I, I think uh, mm. there, there are so many people in need. It's just like physical fitness, right? Mm. Physical fitness is something that we all need to maintain. And, you know, there can never be enough physical fitness. Well, the same thing with mental fitness, mental health, mental wellness. Uh, I don't know that there can ever be enough resources. Where we struggle is making people know about those resources, and, and that's where I'm, I'm very thankful for you and what you're doing mm-hmm. here, and uh, kind of spreading the news about what we do with Men mm-hmm. Talking Mindfulness in our podcast. And, and that's what we try to do is try to spread the word about what's available out there, and then also to destigmatize these practices that mm-hmm. I personally consider not only life-changing, but I, I literally feel that mindfulness and meditation saved my life. So um I think we could do a better job of one growing the services and then two getting the the word out about these services that are available.
2: Yeah, I think they'll start to change when they include psychedelics into therapies in the military maybe. <laughs> you know like yes, talking microdosing. <laughs> yeah, microdosing yes, in the military okay. or something right? I mean, hey Putting it out there for the world, maybe. But anyway, sorry. <laughs>
0: well, you, you just said a, a very powerful son- sentence, John. And it was mindfulness and meditation saved my life. So did you struggle when you were serving? I did. Serving?
1: Uh, I did. Uh, early on in my career, uh, I was associated with the combat operation where we lost a lot of, uh, uh, of my comrades, uh, my colleagues on the battlefield. And I beat myself up. After that, in survivor guilt, I carried that forward, stress and anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. and uh, I self-medicated with alcohol, and then uh, I ended up being put on various um, anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications. And I think those still to to this day, I, I think they have a time and place, but mm-hmm. I think they're over-prescribed. Mm-hmm. And what they did to me was they numbed me. So it, it helped with the pain, it helped with the sadness, it helped with the anxiety, but it also numbed me to any sense of fulfillment. So I basically felt as though I was a An empty shell of a person going from point A to point B. Point A being birth, point B being death, and just trying to get from those two points. And then I started to think about, well, what's the point? Can I just accelerate this path? And I started thinking about actually taking my own life. Mm -hmm. And I went and uh, I saw some counselors, who uh, one of whom specifically recommended mindfulness and meditation. And uh, in all honesty, I laughed then. You laughed. I laughed at him. I thought this is ridiculous man i've I'm having some serious thoughts and you're recommending mindfulness meditation um who who the heck are you and why are you why are you telling me about this um because I again was kind of i had built myself up to be this um this man who had no weaknesses at least that was the outward right that's the kind of the outward um, show the mask that I wanted everyone else to see. But I knew down inside I was um, I was hurting. And when he recommended this to me, I, I told him that I that I didn't believe in that snake oil. It was too much woo-woo stuff. It was for hippies and weirdos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to Will.
1: And, yeah, I'm kidding. To Will. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm kidding. Thanks. Thanks. I'm kidding.
2: Thanks. I'm, I know. Oh, it's all right. I'm uh, used to it. Uh, I'm used to it. Thanks, Gabby. <laughs>
0: See, I feel like I know you. I listen to you so much already. Right. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Carry on. I didn't have anything against any any hippies or monks or anyone who did practice, but I just didn't feel it was for me. And and then he showed me some very high performing individuals that practice it mm. and and told me that it would help me to perform better. And then he showed me the science and the data behind it and the and. I was a data guy and I thought, okay, well, if this this is the data, this is the science and these are the people who do it, plus it's going to help me to perform better, heck yeah, I'll I'll take whatever you're selling, doc. So I went home and I was like, okay, here I am, tough guy, I'm going to jump right into an hour-long meditation and it lasted about 17 seconds and uh, my mind was all over the place and I started to get very frustrated with myself because my mind would wander off and then I'd come back and wander off, come back. And little did I know that's actually some of the, the beauty of meditating is that's where some of the magic happens is, is in noticing that your mind has wandered off and coming back. So about eight weeks or so, maybe, maybe a little around nine weeks or so, um, I started to see the long lasting effects. So I would have immediate effects after sitting down to meditate. I felt more relaxed, but then I would get in my car and get cut off in traffic by some jerk and then instantly be stressed again. But uh, after about two months or so, the effects lasted long enough from one meditation to the next to where it actually overlapped and it changed my performance definitely but the byproduct that i was not expecting was that it changed how i felt in general it changed how i felt about the future so anxiety it changed how i felt about the past so depression and uh, and and then when i did have stress enter my life i was better able to handle it mm-hmm. so that's where uh, I felt that it changed my life for the better. Then I was able to come off those medications and a lot of those negative thoughts that I was having, they went away. And uh, I, I, again, attribute it to saving my life. So that's uh, that's where I struggled and how I got through that struggle was ultimately through learning to meditate and to live mindfully. And that's there is a difference there. And I know we'll get into that, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meditating is over here. Mindfulness is over here. And the two go together and then complement one another. So as you meditate more, you're going to live more mindfully, and as you live more mindfully, you're going to have better meditations. But they uh, they're not necessarily the same. But mm. yeah, that's uh, that's my story, and that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, and now and yeah, now you you share all your teachings, and that's what you do when you're not doing the podcast. That's you, you right. teach you teach this stuff. Um, okay, let's move on to how, what do you call each other? The brother from another mother. <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> you got it <laughs>
0: told you i to listen uh so yeah. Will it's less surprising that you would be talking about mindfulness being that you are a yoga meditation teacher I, I feel like with there are more men practicing now and I think the p- pandemic has probably actually helped a lot in that respect in terms of herding more numbers and kind of writing the scale a little bit but how did yoga find you?
2: Uh, that's, that's a really good question. Like I, um, yeah, I've been living in New York for the last eighteen years. Um, you know, yoga found me even just prior to getting to New York was my first experience with yoga classes. And and I was one of those knuckle draggers, as John likes to say. <laughs> you know, <a> knuckle <laughs> dragger, just going to the gym and like lifting weights. And you know, it's kind of funny you talk about the perfect man. I was like, oh, there's my biceps and my shoulders and like <laughs> and just pumping an iron. You know, just to yeah. kind of. You know to be strong you know uh, and maybe to kind of like con- conform to that masculine norm of like you know like tough exterior means strong mm-hmm. on the inside too um but then i started noticing like i just felt there's something something on the inside like i just need to do something more uh and at that same gym i was at like uh what a, a gold's gym i think yeah this is outside of philadelphia where i was living before i moved to new york and there was all these people, mostly women doing like, you know, physical fitness exercises. Like at at that time, like Tybo kickboxing was really popular. And I was like, why am I hanging here with all the guys when I can be on there with all the women and still getting a good workout? And uh, so I dropped into a class and, um, and I was like, and I, and I felt great. Um, And it was just, we started just doing some physical, like uh, I forget, like step aerobics or something like that, if you will. Um, And then they kind of, uh, and I kept going back, like, you know, Several times a week, just to f- experience my body in a different way, and mm-hmm. uh, this started to open up my mind, and new opportunities as well. And then an opportunity came where they were doing this fusion class of yoga, tai chi, and pilates, and I was like, "Oh, this stuff is really cool!" Um, and again, I was experiencing my body in a different way mm-hmm. instead of just let's kind of the meathead, like "oh, get big" mentality mm-hmm. and like be strong and you know run ten miles. Um, you know, I was starting to develop more flexibility in my body, which I think just started to open up more flexibility to my mind to look at like what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had moved to New York, um, you know, a couple of years after discovering, you know, these practices and I started taking on uh, yoga very seriously in New York and meditation. You know, I moved from like the corporate America of like kind of doing what I was told and and kind of living the story of my family and stepped into my own Mm -hmm. place and into my own shoes in New York. And just started, hit the boards and started acting, actually, you know? And I started, uh, and that took a hell of a lot of guts, um, especially like, you know, going against the grain of typical masculinity. I was like Mm -hmm. called, you know, like gay and homosexual by my family, my friends all the time. And I was like, look, it's like, you know, I need to do this, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I understand where they're coming from, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, when someone stands up, you know, and says, like, wait, I'm gonna go in this direction with my life, with my time, with my heart. And, and, and other people have that same opportunity to do the same thing, um, that's when kind of the judgment comes in because typically a lot of people are, you know, I mean, when we're John and I are trying to create more, uh, you know, people that have more of that strength to be like, you know what, like, I'm standing up for myself. I'm going to move in this direction because of what feels right to me. So that's yeah. where I went. And yeah. uh And just being and and acting and uh, requires a tremendous amount of self-reflection. If you want to be be able to access your emotions and and live in the moment, it requires a lot of mindfulness. It requires um, a lot of that self-reflection. And and where that self-reflection started for me was journaling. I just started journaling, 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 uh, and then I found meditation, and then I found yoga. Uh, and then shortly after I started training here in New York and getting more deep into my yoga practice and meditation practice in the city, the studio I was at offered a training. And uh, you know, at the time I was like working at restaurants, making some money in, um, actually soap operas here in the city. And I was like, well, I, you know, this might be fun and to do something a little bit different and get out of the restaurant. So I had an opportunity to teach and, and at that time in 2009, it was like, we had actually my training was 54 people in the training four mm-hmm. guys and 50 mm-hmm. women. Right. That was it, that was it, and this is 2009. Um, I mean, the numbers are still maybe not quite as skewed um, mm-hmm. at, at this time, like you know, about 10 or 12 years later or something. Um, but I was like, I just saw an opportunity. and Because yoga is really changing me, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Um, I kind of like the community that, that we had uh, and, and, and how I can, as a teacher, begin to really affect people's lives. And um, and I just I remember after my first class that I observed as a teacher trainer, watching students rest in Shavasana, which is just like corpse pose, just kind of resting, after doing like a fifty minute practice, just resting peacefully and mindfully with your breath, uh, just flat on your mat, and I actually started crying. I was like, oh my god! Like I just was overwhelmed by like the energy in the room and, and what this practice can do for people. And uh I think that was kind of a defining moment. It's like, well, I want to bring more of this stuff to more people. And knowing that I'm a man, you know, and have like you know, I was an athlete growing up, like I played basketball through college and you know, I talked about the gym and stuff, um, that maybe I can help open up more men to these practices as well. Um and then
0: have you, you know, seen that? that? Like,
2: yeah, I I have. I mean, I mean definitely pre you know, pre-pandemic, I would say you know, my classes started to get to almost 50% men, which Mm -hmm. are great because, you know, Mm -hmm. I was was just speaking about the practice, just like John and I talk on the show in a very practical way, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of talking about like Shiva and the gods and, you know, chakras and which, which I really respect that part of the practice as well. But I feel it makes it very unattainable for people to really digest and understand and really absorb, um, you know, what the basic, you know nugget of the practice is which is to open to expand and to relax and to kind of release um mm-hmm. uh, and so that's i just i had I kept moving in this direction and then uh i met john
0: so how did this happy partnership come to be like who who introduced who or how how did this happen how did the magic happen
1: well, we have a, uh, we have a mutual friend. Um, I went to the Naval Academy and then this mutual friend of ours uh, went to West Point. Um, I won't hold that against him, but he, uh, he, he and I linked up and he knew will. And, uh, then he, he found out that I was teaching mindfulness and meditation. He's like, Oh, you've got this, I've got this great guy. You've got to meet. And in, in all honesty, complete transparency, Will and I have never met in person. We've actually we're actually going to meet in, for the first time here in two weeks uh, out in Costa Rica, of all places. Might um, be like Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's like the world will just crack open. <laughs> <place>. who knows? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But we we would jump on the phone, Will and I, after being introduced by this mutual friend and just have. What what I thought were very powerful conversations. Uh, Once a month, you know, sit sit together, and and before the end of the conversation, we're like, hey, let's let's set the the time and and date for next month, and so we'd do that, and we'd jump on the phone the next month, and we'd have these great conversations. Wow. And then uh and then I saw you know Will had a a fairly decent following on Instagram, and I reached out to Will. I was like, hey man, what why don't we just have these conversations on Instagram Live and and have your audience see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we started with, I don't know, three, four or five people at a time watching what we we're doing. Um, and then we figured out how to actually rip the audio off of Instagram. It took a little while, uh, but we figured that out. So <laughs> and we were like, hey, you know what? Let's just take this and turn it into a podcast and, and see what Heck happens. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I went back and listened to some of our first episodes just here recently because we want to take take our podcast and turn it into several books. Um, but I went back and listened to them. And I'm like, I can't believe we actually published that. It was so bad. The audio was terrible. There was dogs in the background. Uh, you know, my I was living in an RV and my, my family comes in in the middle of the show and, it, but it was sitting on a park bench sitting on a park bench <laughs> Wait, yeah, waiting to catch
2: saying. the train back to like my parents place or something like that but like, hey i'll do the episode here and there's like some bomb next to me yeah. and i was like turning the phone over, i'm like look at this guy john in the middle of the show but you know it's like this, yep. is, like, this is our, our was, early
1: roots you know and that's uh yeah. you know also kind of lent to our our little uh our slogan or whatever you may want to call it but it's raw uncut and unapologetic mm-hmm. it's 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 we were vulnerable. We were like, yeah, you know what? We're just going to put it out there and see what happens. And as entrepreneurs, I'm sure if you have listeners who are entrepreneurs, they, they talk about having a minimum viable product, your kind of your initial addition. Um, and if you aren't embarrassed about what you put out there at the beginning, then you've waited too long. Well, if Will and I waited until we had the perfect product, we would have missed a ton of information. And mm-hmm. you know, our listeners would have missed uh, what, what I consider pretty good information, even if the audio sucked. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so we took that, uh, we took it and ran with it and it's, it's grown since then, you know, and, in, uh, into a fairly decent podcast. I, I consider it damn good, but I'll just say nice. fairly decent. It's um, great. and, yeah. uh, it's, it's in the top 3% of, of all global podcasts right now. Yeah. Wow. And we're hoping, you know, in the next few months that we'll be in the, in the top one, one and a half percent. So that's, uh, that's it's, awesome. it's growing and the, uh, it's fun too, because what we do, um, we were doing that, that Instagram live and we've stuck to our roots in that we do it live. Mm. It's uh, we we record it and our audience has the ability to watch it right there as mm. we're recording, which is why we on another reason we go raw, uncut and unapologetic is mm. anything that is said, there's no editing it out because it's right there. It's like Larry King live. I'm sure mm. you guys remember Larry King on the <laughs> CNN. Like I, I grew up watching Larry King live and I was like, I can't believe this guy has enough guts to go live. And not edit out anything but that's what we're doing now and it makes it really adds a fun aspect to the episode and then we take that episode and rip the audio and publish it the following week as a podcast without any editing that's raw 100
2: yeah the live really lends to the vulnerability and authenticity and it just creates a you know an incredible dynamic you know that happens in the show because you know we don't want to go back and uh you know it's it's just something about that that I that really enjoy what we do and I think that actually has creates a certain vibe and vibration yeah you know um that I I imagine you know hey we're still going (laughs) and we're still Mm. growing so we must be doing something right
0: well also it's like it is different and it is I mean it's it's an area that it, it can't be being talked about enough because when I typed into Google earlier today men and mindfulness the first article I was presented with was Five Reasons Why Men Should Start Practicing Mindfulness, which was from well, it was seven years ago. And then wow. the one after that, the article was Five Ways to Make Mindfulness More Manly. And that was from eight years ago. And like both of them right. were written in that kind of way where I could practically smell the links coming from the words. It was like it was still <laughs> like... Oh, we're talking about mindfulness, but don't worry, you're you're still a dude. You know, it was very. <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know. So I hear, you know, you're gonna do books and stuff, and I'm like, give the well, people we, what they need.
1: <laughs> right, and you know, that's the thing is, you you don't have to make mindfulness more manly. You don't you don't have yeah. to justify yeah. it. And, you know, you don't have to. I don't know, dress up in your manly outfit and go sit in a manly circle. Mindfulness is manly yeah. mindfulness is whatever you make it whatever you want to make it and um
0: so what do you make it
1: you don't have to dress it up well we make it fun uh, i think uh, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. will and i have a lot of fun we, we do a grounding practice at the beginning of the show we do a mm-hmm. grounding practice at the very end and uh, we've had people tune into the show in the middle of one of these grounding practices because again it's live mm-hmm. and uh, i've gotten text messages they're like hey, man, you fell asleep on, on LinkedIn. I'm like, no, <laughs> no.
0: We're,
1: we're leading a grounding practice where we're, we're actually yeah. being mindful and, and calming ourselves down. And the episode that we just did that Will and I just came from with Dr. Mm-hmm. Seth Hick- Hickerson was on changing from being in reactionary state to being a, in a responsive mate, state. So mm-hmm. reaction versus response and what you can do to change that. And I tell you what, if, if you're... A masculine type, and you want to be in control. Well, guess what? You can be in control of the one thing that you can control, and that's yourself. And you can do that by practicing mindfulness. So I don't know that there's much more manly stuff that you can do than be in control of your your body, your mind. So mm. yeah. mindfulness that's is manly,
2: true. and your emotions, and and, and, and you know, emotions. mindfulness is really you know, it's changed all my relationships. I mean, it changed my relationship to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm kinder to myself and therefore I can be kind to other people. It also helps me to become, it's helped me become more efficient, you know, more effective. You know, to, to slow down. Instead of always rushing ahead, I mean, because I can, I can speak very fast. My mom, friend, I st- well, you know, she goes, please slow down, please slow down. She couldn't keep up. My mind's like, blah 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 blah. So it's just, it just helped me to be, you know, on a personal level, just be a more effective person. You know, yeah. I mean, just the, the the ability, Gabby. You know what I'm seeing, and John, I know can attest, and I'm sure you can too. I mean, you're a podcaster, and you just the, the quality and the ability to listen and to mm-hmm. hold space. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it seems like uh, we're like a dying breed, where yeah. it's actually it's it's like it, just to be able to listen and hold space and really just see somebody for who they are is is one of the is it, such an incredible valuable tool. Yeah. But it's going to take practice in order to get there.
0: Yeah. Well, we're con- uh, constantly bombarded with, you know, it, we've got to be busy, isn't it? It's the badge of honor of like being busy and on the go all the time. And it's right. like you're kind of failing at life if you're not as busy as the next person, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like stripping that away and then just being present.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and Will, Will made a comment there that almost sounds contradictory he said, you know, I'm, I'm more productive, I'm more effective, I'm more efficient because I'm slowing down, mm-hmm. which sounds like when you first hear that, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? How, do you, how can you be more productive and more efficient, more effective when you're slowing down? Well, a lot of the time, because we're, we're moving so fast, because we're so busy, to your point, Gabby, mm-hmm. um, we don't, we miss out, we miss out on a lot that's going on around us. Mm -hmm. We make mistakes in what we do when we first do it because we're going so fast. So we end up having to do it two, three, four times because we've made mistakes. So by slowing down, ironically, Mm -hmm. you actually end up being more productive. We have a saying in the SEAL team, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Well, that's why is because when you do it slow, you're gonna do it more smoothly, more correctly, more efficiently, more productively you're going to get through it the first time do it correctly mm. and then you're going to be more productive. So I just wanted to make sure cuz some of your listeners may have heard that and said well, what's will talking about but he's 100% spot on when you slow down you can actually be more productive, more effective, more efficient.
0: So do you think that mindfulness is kind of something that it's now it's cuz you guys have have immersed yourself in it so much it's just it's second nature as opposed to carving out time in your day every day to practice being mindful I'm thinking again about British males listening to this where we're still we're not quite as advanced in terms of like you know I've lived in on both sides of the pond so it feels like American guys depending on where you are of course but like they are slightly more open in terms of talking about feelings and and I don't know in England it's just still it's that very much like stiff upper lip kind of (laughs) mentality you know so in terms of like how to approach mindfulness for the novice where where do we start
1: well i mean you you mentioned there again hey where do you carve out time right and and because we're so immersed in it is it is it easier well uh, i will tell you again that mindfulness and meditation they're used synonymously all the time and they're not 100 percent the same The kind of the the way that I envision it is a Venn diagram. Remember those diagrams with multiple circles and where they overlap? Well, you've got mindfulness over here in one circle and meditation another, and there is overlap between the two. Mindfulness is nothing more than being aware of the present moment, everything that is going on in the here and now. So you don't have to meditate to live mindfully. Mindfulness is a way of being being present in the here and now, not worrying about the past, not thinking about the future, paying attention to the physical sensations that you're experiencing in the here and now, paying attention to the the emotional sensations that you're experiencing in the here and now. Whereas meditating is where you set aside some time to do a formal practice, whether that's sitting down and meditating, whether it's laying down and meditating, whether you can do a standing meditation, but you've set aside that time to do a very intentional and formal practice. Now, where they come together is there are mindful meditations or mindfulness meditation that is a formal practice where you are intentionally paying attention to the here and now, not worrying about past, not thinking about the future, paying attention to the here and now in a formal practice. And where they also come together is that as you meditate, you are going to rewire your brain to be more mindful so you're going to live in the moment more often you're going to be present you're going to be paying attention more often because you are meditating and then the reverse is also true as you live more mindfully throughout your day mm-hmm. your meditations are going to become better so mindfulness begets meditation meditation begets mindfulness mm-hmm. i think they're, they're inextricably intertwined
0: And and what about breath work? Maybe, Will, you could answer this. Yeah,
1: for sure.
2: Well, that's like the key that really can really open up mindfulness and meditation, because when what's beautiful about the breath and what we're trying to achieve in mindfulness is to get present. And if we just take like, why don't we just actually three of us take three breaths right now so the audience can kind of really feel this, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, close your eyes if you need to um, and we're just going to take three deep breaths and I just want you to really do the best you can and to be very mindful of those breaths flowing in and out of your body and try to really deepen that breath down into your belly. So let's exhale out through the mouth if you like. Let's take, take a big breath into the nose. Feel that expansion like a big giant balloon in your torso and let that breath go out your mouth. And let's keep going. Let's inhale for four seconds. three, two. One, exhale, let it go out. Okay, one more inhale, four, three, two, one, exhale out. And just stay here, eyes closed if you like, and just notice how you're feeling right now. Just by taking three deliberate, big, long inhales and exhales. And this is where it can start, Gaby, Right? Mm-hmm. This is how simple the practice can be to start, you can open your eyes, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was falling asleep. Don't fall on sleep, you know. Getting you're high on your own supply. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> Gabby. Get high on your own supply, right? So, but even like feeling that breath, hearing the breath, yeah. being with that breath, right, is here and now, but also what that breath is doing for us, right? It's taking us up from this usually, typically way jacked up, like um, excited state, of like in that sympathetic or, or that fight or flight or freeze or survival you know a uh, mode of our, of our of our existence which is important right mm-hmm. but a lot of us uh... we live in that state of mind and 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 that mindset and that perception uh, like most like ninety five percent of our time or, or even more whereas if we begin to take breath uh... and, and begin to just take some deeper breaths just three like that mm-hmm. we're able to get deeper into the into the here and now because our mind and our body starts to relax. And -hmm. therefore, we're open to new opportunities instead of seeing everything and filtering everything as a problem. So that's a great, like just even taking a few breaths like that several times a day and and just seeing what those effects are, are usually a great, it's kind of a seductive in some way. It's like, wow, I felt great. Like by literally almost doing nothing, Mm -hmm. right? What else is there? What else is available to me? By taking some more breaths and then being more mindful and and it'll naturally lends to you being or the opportunity to be more mindful of your experience. John mentioned mindfulness earlier and you know another thing the audience can do out there anybody that's listening is just you don't want to get more mindful about your life put away your phone for six hours and Mm -hmm. turn off all your technology and go outside without your phone and then Mm -hmm. and then
0: at the end of this podcast
2: (laughs) Yeah, at the end <laughs> of this podcast, the end of the podcast, right. podcast, right? Thank you, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then create, uh, have a have a, have a date with somebody that you trust, uh, and just talk about that experience. Mm. That's the beginning of that's where mindfulness can start, because mm-hmm. it's like th- there's the moment I think you know, uh, you know, uh, I think for each one of us that brought us into mindfulness, there's that one moment it's like, whoa, something is different because I changed something deliberately, and uh, and it could come from anywhere. You know, the on ramp could be breathing. It could be, you know, shutting off technology and kind of releasing from the, you know, the news and stuff like that, which bombards us with Mm -hmm. all sorts of ideas of of who we should be, the perfect man idea, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, Mm -hmm. and it just plays on our fears um, and our weaknesses and our, and our, and our, these, these
1: misconceptions of who we can be.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. If I could jump in, Will, you know, to, just to, to build on what you've been saying and then uh, to kind of come full circle back to Gabby's question about the, you know, the manliness of mindfulness and meditation or, or the perceived lack thereof. It's, and it is a perceived lack thereof, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in
1: our, the beginning of every one of our podcasts is that it mentions our filtering everything through the man box made uh, my
0: mind, that was going to be my next question is like, right we need to talk about the man box. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so the, the man box, uh, we got that from Tony Porter, uh, in a, in a book that we read, uh, what a uh, call the men, I think that was mm-hmm. the title, right? Um, Will. Yeah. um, so, so Tony Porter, he, he has this, uh, basically a, a thought that we're men, uh, we're, we're living inside this box and we're, basically limiting ourselves to the thoughts that are inside this box. Another book that we read that, uh, and had the guests mm-hmm. on, or sorry, the authors on, uh, was reinventing masculinity by Ed Adams and Ed Frau And, uh, you know, it's, it's about toxic masculinity, but they use a, a less inflammatory term because a lot of men take exception to the term toxic masculinity. Masculinity in itself is not toxic but Mm -hmm. when you force your version of masculinity on someone else, Mm -hmm. then that's when it becomes toxic. So one, get over, get over the term, toxic masculinity. It's not masculinity in and of itself. It's not toxic, but they, they, they used a different term called confined masculinity. And, and that's, I think a great way of kind of coming back to the man box is that we are, if we are living inside this man box, we're confining ourselves. And I have I have the image here, so I'm gonna kind of look off to the side. But the man box, Tony Porter, he it says that the beliefs inside the band the man box, this confined masculinity, again Ed Adams and Ed Frauenheim's words there, are that men don't cry openly or express mm-hmm. any emotion besides anger. We do not express weakness or fear. We demonstrate power and control, especially over women. We have aggression and dominance. We are the protector. We say things like, don't be like a woman, like a girl. We are heterosexual, exclusively heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the man box. This is right. This is confined masculinity. This is not mine, Will's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, uh, it continues in the man box. Don't be like a gay man. You have to be tough. You have to be athletic. You have to have strength. You have to be courageous. You make decisions and do not need help. And you view women as property or objects. So we try on Men Talking Mindfulness to filter all our conversations through that and make sure that we are not living inside that box because it is just that it is so confining and there is much more to life outside that box once you open up that lid and you see that we can express more emotions than anger. We Mm -hmm. can be sad. We can be happy. We can, guess what? We can be like girls and women. Sometimes it's great to be like girls and women. Uh, Like I have, I have two little girls and a little boy, uh, my children. And uh, Will and I have talked about this on the episode on on the show before. I remember uh, one one weekend, it was just me and my son at home. The girls were out and my son walked up to me with a dress, like a little play dress. And he said, I want to wear this. Mm-hmm. And my first response was, why are you going to wear a dress? And then I, then I realized that I, myself, I was living inside that man box. And I let, the, I let my son put on a, on a dress and he played and had a blast. And guess what? He was no less manly after that. Yeah. Not in my eyes and not in reality. And you know what? If he wants to wear a dress through the rest of his life, yeah, that's his choice. If I'm going to be the one that says, you will not wear a dress that again is where you cross the line from masculinity into toxic masculinity because you are enforcing or at least attempting to enforce your views on somebody else. Mm. So that's, uh, that's the man box and that's what we try to discuss on the show is making sure that we're not living in that man box.
0: Yeah. Harry Styles, David Bowie, they both look great in dresses.
1: (laughs) There you go.
2: Yeah. The opposite side of confined or toxic masculinity is liberating masculinity, which yes. which comes from the same book like mm-hmm. uh, reinventing masculinity. You know, and it, they really talk about you are able to express and be, you know, with all your emotions, or right? able to be in relationships, you know, with all people, however you like. Mm-hmm. And it just uh I mean and, and just even that whole idea and, and and I really suggest that book, you know, uh, reinventing masculinity. Really it's just that really this was the beginning of, of last year, second this year, season, I can't remember. yeah, second season. Yeah. And we, John and I just started our minds and our show and our relationship and, and what we've been bringing into the show. We're really shaped by those first several episodes, and we we're like, you know what? We're going to go after this man box thing, and we're going to crack it open, mm. and we're going to see what's in there. Mm. And and these are some of the results. Like we talk so much about vulnerability and authenticity and compassion and patience and yep. kindness on the show because it and those are those are also. Those liberating masculinity qualities of being, mm. and 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 how every single one of those, every single one, and our guests, will say the same thing. They enhance our lives mm. in all areas. It, yep. it, you know, from our relationship to ourselves, to other people, to our work, to everything. Yeah, and uh, and and, it, and and you know, we're here to to be the, you know, the megaphone and be like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like get out of that box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to steal a line from a a breath coach guy that I worked with yesterday. He said, vulnerability isn't rooted in weakness, but in strength. And I was like, Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. It just kind of encapsulates, what you were just talking about? um Will mm-hmm. you've mentioned this article I sent you a few times now, and that was the one about the pressure to be the perfect man. I feel like yeah, you're a little yeah. bit rallied by it, and uh, you've got some thoughts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I absolutely i do, and it's like yeah, I, I there's a couple things. I'm going to attack. Let it the, out, Will. Uh, Let it out. I'm going to ta- attack. I'm going to attack the marketing and the messaging and the media. You know, because like they you know, in capitalism, right. We have to sell, they want to sell stuff, right. Mm -hmm. So here they are trying to create, I mean, like the perfect, is, is a woman perfect? Is anybody perfect? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Right. But to throw somebody up there that, you know, that the ideal, like of what perfection is and then drive messaging in order to aspire to be that perfect person, a perfect man is never going to happen. But what they do in order to get you to, to, to buy the, you know, the shoes and the tie and to go to the gym and have those beautiful, you know, uh, you know, muscles or, or to have that perfect suit, they continually prey on and, and or, or create that weakness. Mm-hmm. They really kind of create that weakness in a lot of ways. And feel like you, if you don't look like this, then, you know, then you're outside of, of the tribe of, of what a perfect man is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it just really, it's very disheartening to see, you know, that, I mean, because I, I, sadly, it's, Women have you've got women have been infiltrated with that mm. that idea for a lo- even longer than men. You want to be the perfect man, you know. Then be more vulnerable, be more authentic, you know. Uh, ask for help, yeah. You know, like help another, lift somebody up, mm-hmm. right? You know, instead of being it's so like me, 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 you, you know, it's all about me. What I look like, this, that, you know, all what I have, or mm-hmm. you know, how I express my wealth, or how I express my, you know, it's it's. You really want to be you know a a great man Mm -hmm. then go lift somebody else up
0: yeah be present
2: be present also lift yourself up too lift yourself up out of these uh these this this manipulation Mm -hmm. really Mm. is all it is
0: so in terms of support like you said lifting lifting our loved ones up how can men encourage more mindfulness amongst men and uh, how can women do the same would you say
1: I'll I'll jump on that initially. I I think, you know, one is being open and and vulnerable yourself. Yeah. You may, maybe you need to take that first step as a man is opening up to another man and saying, look, I don't have all my stuff together. Uh, I'm not perfect. I I need somebody to talk to and, and, and then open up about the practices themselves. Um, hey, I'm, I'm trying this new practice out. I'm trying to live mindfully. I'm going to try a meditation and be, be open and honest. And guess what? Be brave enough to, to mention it. I, I remember, you know, I, I mentioned that counselor that had introduced me to mindfulness meditation in about uh, two, two months or so after that it had changed my life for the better. So much so that people came up to me and they started asking me what I was on as though I was oh, on wow. some type of medication. And there was a hesitance in me to tell them that I was meditating. Although before I had been on medications and when people asked me, Hey, what are you taking? I'd be like, Oh, I'm on, I'm on Zoloft. I'm on Prozac. I'm on any number of medications that I had been on. Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid to tell them that, but I was afraid to tell them that I was meditating. Then when I, you know, I, Mm -hmm. i manned up, uh, for those of who may be listening right now, I'm I'm doing air quotes because yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, because I, I took a step and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm meditating. Hmm. And what I thought the response was going to be like, their eyes were going to glaze over and they were going to turn around and walk away and never talk to me again because they thought I was a weirdo, but almost to a person, people were like, really? Tell me more about that. There you go. So hmm. one, I think being open and honest and vulnerable enough to take that first step and say that you need help. Two is to mention the fact that you're trying meditation and being open and on, honest and vulnerable enough to try it, um, and then and then mention it to others, and then talk about it regularly, talk about it openly, uh, because it's really not any, it's it's not as weird as it sounds. It's mm-hmm. it is literally you tapping in to what your body is already able to do. It's just you're tapping into a superpower. It's a hidden power, and then as uh, as far as Women supporting men in this, I think, being um, being supportive and and letting men know that, guess what, you don't have to have all the answers, you don't have to have it all together. Um, sure, it's it's nice to have people who do have all the things together, but guess what, nobody does, <laughs> nobody has everything mm-hmm. together. And when you when you admit that as a man or a woman, and then let others know that nobody has it all together all the time, then Mm -hmm. I think that's what opens up the doors, opens up the conversations for supportive discussions. Um, So that's a place to start. Will? Yeah. No, I have, I'm thinking of cold plunging, John. You know,
2: you want to like, you know, it's like, you want to rally around something that's difficult and manly, go plug yourself in or plunge yourself into some cold water for even like 20 seconds. I dare everybody to do it and then come out and talk about it. You know, it's literally just <laughs> cold water you're going to be you're going to be scared of the cold water you know it's like well and then also describing talk about the feelings before you're going in talk about you know watch watch the reaction of somebody that's never done cold immersion before it, while they're doing it and then talk about afterwards because it's yeah. just i mean and i mentioned this because i thought of Wim Hof who uh, is a dutchman you might have heard Wim Wim Hof mm-hmm. is w i m h o f um he is just an incredible man um who is really taking mindfulness in a new direction in the sense of like using cold in order to really educate uh, yourself about yourself, about your feelings, but also uh, using the cold as a way to de-stress. And when we de-stress, then we can open up and realize new possibilities. So, you know, anybody out there just, just get a group of guys around and then, uh, you know, make a bunch of bets. So maybe have like, you know, $50, $100 or something like that. We know how men work, right? You know, it's just like, and they get a bit caught of money and the person who could do it the best wins. But then I invite you to go talk about it. You know, talk about what that feeling is and why you're so scared of just the cold. You know, and that could be that opportunity to talk about your feelings and just feel and access that vulnerability that we keep talking about. Because mm. that's where it really starts. It's just having, John mentioned as well, just having that willingness to go there and, and true like your breath teacher said, it's like vulnerability is courage. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, because it's like in order to step up and say like, look, I need help or I just don't know how to talk about this. Can you help me understand this about my, myself? Mm -hmm. Requires a tremendous amount of courage, and to me, like that's the most manly thing you can do. Is Mm -hmm. is, 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 one of the most manly things you can do is to is to to admit or how about this? Admit that you're wrong. You want you know like men have a lot of problems admitting that they're wrong. Talk about that man box. It's like never. I mean, I see it in a lot of people in my life. They Mm -hmm. um, that they just refuse to say they're sorry or refuse to admit that they're wrong or refuse to take responsibility for something that they clearly were a part of. You know, um, and maybe flipping that script, and maybe apologizing to somebody, or talking about a a friend after an event like that. Um, And again, I think it's like it comes back. Just getting in a conversation with other people will help you to get in a conversation with yourself, and that's where it really starts. It starts, you know. One thing about that perfect man, I'll come back to. It's it's always like about seeking solutions and happiness and life from the outside but that's, you're never going to find happiness outside yourself ever yeah. cause it's fleeting yeah. because they're always shifting the goalpost. as far as like, you know, okay, I've aspired to be the perfect man, 195 pounds chiseled this, you know, I can do this, I can do that. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you gotta be more of this and less of that. And they move the goalpost. but with mindfulness and meditation and the breathing practices, you get to know yourself on the inside. And when you can be really become that unshakable man, when you get to know yourself, but it takes practice. It's gonna take breathing. It's gonna take, I, you know, I, don't know, I don't know how else should really get in and really understand self-reflection. Journaling is a great way, um, but also journaling and meditation is uh, um, starting to look within. And I think reason, a lot of people get very scared about meditation because they don't like what they see.
0: Mm. You know, they're
2: very scared about like all their thoughts and, and, and this and that, and that can be very daunting. But once you, Get a little bit deeper than the thoughts it's like whoa like really who am i and if you've been a badass person for you know decades of your life it's gonna be it's gonna take a lot of courage and again a lot of vulnerability. That's
0: pandora's box isn't it you're opening
1: yeah yeah exactly so many of us all day every day are wearing this like armor right yeah we never want to reveal who we truly are underneath that armor and uh, i think there's nothing more courageous than taking that armor off, dropping that shield and saying, this is who I am. So, and and that comes back to the ego that we mentioned before is putting that ego aside and putting that false bravado because so much of it is false. I mean, honestly, I know so many men who wear that armor all day, every day, but I know them outside of that armor. I'm like, that's not who you are. So, Put your armor down, put your shield down, get real, And that's, uh, I think that's where the conversations are going to start. And that's how you can develop that network of support, whether it's with women, whether it's with other men. Mm. Drop that armor, drop that shield. Because guess what? That's exhausting carrying that around all day, every day too. So when you can be the real you, it's it's so much more liberating. Coming back to that word, it is truly liberating. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I knew this conversation would be great. And thank you. The only thing I would add is that I think that we've talked a lot about, about men because obviously this is the theme but like I think women we need to be a bit more careful with our words as well because there can be little things like I think about how many times the word in in like when we're talking about dating oh he's an un- emotionally unavailable and it's almost become like it's like alluding and it's like the James mm. Dean type and it's like <laughs> well Actually, that probably means that he's got some serious things that he needs to to work on. And and that could actually not end up being a great relationship. So maybe we shouldn't be kind of, you know, making that sound more attractive than it is because it's that mysterious kind of, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. And and, uh, you you actually bring up a pretty good point there. Is We had Liz Plank on our show and she wrote a a fantastic book called For the Love of Men. (laughs) And uh, she talks about in her book. About the confusing messages that men get from yeah. from the opposite gender, uh, in that you know the we're brought up to open doors and to pay the check when we go on a date, and and then and then at the same time we're taught now a lot of us are ta- taught hey look women are equals um, they they need to mm-hmm. pay the check and they don't need to have the door opened it's it's just uh, yeah. it can be com it can be confusing it can be <laughs> confusing um, yeah so let so let's guess what let's talk let's talk <laughs> right. and find out what's what's expected in a relationship whether it's you know a relationship with a significant other or a friendship with someone from the from the opposite gender um I think that's important just to clear the air and get what's expected um mm-hmm. so that we can have that open communication but the the book is phenomenal. Um, Liz Plank, For the Love of Men, uh, mm. check it out and talks about what Will talked about earlier, the the selling of stuff, right? Mm. There didn't used to be a boys section and a girls section of the toy store. It was just toys in general. Well, you walk into any toy store now, there's an mm. aisle for girls and there's an aisle for boys, at mm. least one of each. Mm-hmm. The aisle for girls is all like princesses, ponies, pink 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 a Mm -hmm. lot of pink Mm -hmm. rainbows and then you walk down the boys aisle and it's all soldiers guns blue black yeah trucks yeah yeah tanks it's all that it's 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 really fascinating what what capitalism has done to further define quote unquote what the genders should and shouldn't play with um so anyway um yeah i'll get off my soapbox
0: (laughs) (laughs) to kind of wrap things up so um i just i again i highly encourage every single person listening to this to to check out your podcast because it's just it's really a joy to listen to and so interesting that's coming from a female perspective i can only imagine what it's doing for guys what's been some of the highlights for you in terms of like guests or or any art i'm going to throw back the first question that will hit me with what have you (laughs) learned what have you learned during your your podcast
2: <laughs> we've learned a lot about this man box we talked to you know confined yeah. liberating, liberating masculinity toxic masculinity um and i think just the format of the show and us you know and just mindful itself is, is a reflection so we've learned a lot about ourselves in the show and we've learned a lot about how incredibly um powerful again vulnerability authenticity and, and patience is um, mm-hmm. And then also how to, you know, talk about those things with men.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, some of the rewarding things that I think the most rewarding part of uh, uh, for me, John, is, is these messages that, that we receive continually after every single episode. We get direct messages or emails or, you know, shout outs on social media saying like, thank you or, or, or describing in more specifically how just listening to the show helped change their life in some nice. ways for the better. It's such a pleasure to work with John. I gotta give him a mm-hmm. shout out. Like it's, it's, you know, we, we, we do our homework. You know, we read the books. Mm you know we, we we try to ask great questions of our listeners and stuff and
0: yeah and that takes time it takes a lot of time people don't realize they just think oh They're just this- having a chat for an hour or whatever it's no. like well no the the, yeah. the time that it goes into like doing your homework yeah i right. can tell but um yeah you, you yeah. are well, we, very we, we're, natural we're, with it so yeah yeah,
2: thanks we over prepare so we could just <laughs> drop in and whatever happens happens yeah and, but i feel like also our show these conversations that we keep coming back to it's like we need to talk about these things this is that platform that we are trying to continually educate more people on how mindfulness can help enhance their lives.
0: That's right. Drops, Mike.
1: I'll just echo everything <laughs> Will said. Um, but yeah, you definitely love the the messages from the people, knowing that we're making a positive impact on their lives. That's huge. Definitely one of the highlights, and we we just love getting out there and sharing the message and knowing that we're positively influencing people's lives. But I mean, some of the really powerful guests that we've had on, Dan Nevins, like you mentioned before, and his story of how mm. he lost his legs in combat and then came came into being a, a yoga and meditation the teacher. The to
0: rise thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, right? yeah, right. Yeah, like where he was getting really frustrated uh, mm-hmm. With with the yoga instructor saying "root to rise," and he's like, "What the hell are you talking about? I don't have my legs. How am I going to root?" <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, yeah. It, was,
1: it was a fantastic episode. We recently had Dr. Rob Kelly oh. on talking about trauma and uh, and addiction. He's from Manchester, which, by the way. So there, you like
0: there you go. Manchester, okay. UK. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes.
0: that's my turn.
1: Keep going. Yeah, Rob was great. Uh, Sorry, Rob George. Kelly. <laughs> uh, We've just recently had Dr. Shauna Springer on talking about men and therapy and why men are. Uh, kind of they push back against therapy and and it's just you Mm -hmm. know every show I come away with just nuggets of knowledge and I feel that I'm a better husband a better father a better just man in general or person how about that just a better person after going through my episodes as a a co-host so I'm hoping that, you know, and I know that the, the listeners are getting the same. So that's mm-hmm. I think those are some yeah. of the highlights that come from from the episodes yeah. and, and from the show as a whole. It's just it's taken on a whole life of its own, yeah. something that I don't think Will and I ever imagined. And I yeah. know that it's going to continue to grow and yeah. positively influence others' lives. Yeah,
2: we have like it's like servant. We have a servant leadership mentality. And what, every time I come up with a topic, it's I think of a topic. It's like, how can I help the men around me that are suffering? Mm. and and that's basically where our topics come from you know or it's like how can we help other people or all people understand this particular mind this particular aspect of mindfulness Mm. and that's the game amazing that's it
0: john and will thank you for letting me enter the world of men talking mindfulness this has truly been a joy
2: thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us thanks for you know putting the word out there too uh, gabby we really really appreciate this opportunity thank you so much
0: Oh, thanks again to John McCaskill and Will Schneider for such a great conversation. You could probably hear that I had a whale of a time hanging out with the Men Talking Mindfulness guys. Again, I do encourage you to find their podcast. It's available to listen to in all of the major podcast platforms. And I guarantee you are going to really enjoy digging in. And that just about wraps up another episode of the My Possible Self podcast. Of course, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And if you're not already following us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at My Possible Self. And I've been at Radio Gabby. Until the next one, take care.